Welcome to No Cures Only Alchemy. It's been forever. My gosh. Wow. Symptom check. Symptom check. I was just thinking about symptom check and because my stomach growled a little bit and I thought, ooh, podcast before breakfast. This will be interesting. The reward is a bowl of cereal. What would have happened if we did this podcast, um, let's say last week, Beth, what would your symptom check be? <laughs> last week, my symptom check would have been, um, I think I need to go to the emergency room immediately because I was passing hopefully the last of many kidney stones. I passed a three millimeter kidney stone last week, had to come home from Quartzsite, Arizona, I saw this kidney stone. I was called into the um, bathroom. Yeah. And I saw it. It looked um, like, you know, when you're sitting on the beach and when you were little and there was always the very big pieces of sand and you would collect the big ones. Yeah. Yeah. I looked it up on the internet. I wanted to see what three millimeters was. I've had a five millimeter kidney stone before Mm -hmm. that required a week of hospitalization and a surgery. So this one was small. But it looked like the little piercing um, studs that we all yeah. got in our ears out of that gun, or some of us got in our ears out of that gun when we were kids, and um, but not that smooth. <laughs> but it's gone, so I feel fantastic. How well, about you? I was having sympathy pains. I called Beth's um, kidney stone situation a cotillion injury because when I would hold her um, on her waist, yes, um, when where we were it, was, to hug. it was like where, where when you're learning sixth grade cotillion where the hand goes. And, and so I had a pain there on the opposite side until yesterday. So my yeah. sympathy pain is gone. Um, I have an iPhone injury. I think that's what it is. I can barely lift up my um, arm above my head, which is at first I was like, is this a sim- uh, sympathy injury to your uh, torn rotator cuff? Right, right. But I think it's a nerve thing. I think it might. I, I'm i not going to blame the phone 100%. I think it started writing that little book. You know, you like to write. You type on your laptop in bed. Mm-hmm. You don't use a desk. You, you, you work in the most, I think, weird and uncomfortable positions. But it works for you. But I think mm-hmm. that that was a precursor to... Um, your current phone yeah. situation. Well, I need, I've known that I've needed to take a break from writing and I didn't realize it was physiological. Like I had a deadline with him um, double blind and, and it, that's what like broke the body. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think you, yeah. you had to go back to the, t- the typewriter, but yeah. Yeah, you've definitely been inflaming it with the phone. I, I, my suggestion was that you learn how to use your feet yes. to scroll to give your yes. arms a break because I don't think you're going to put that thing down. Well, like in the places <laughs> where where they treat internet addiction, they actually need to have physical therapists because, you know, there's these teenage boys on the video games that their their spines fuse together a little bit. So, right. So they need um, some physical therapy. My spine feels like it's fused. The yeah. kidney stones did a number Burn on some me. sage. You don't want to catch any of this. No, no. These are our symptoms. We're going to keep it yeah. to ourselves. But um, we're going to get, um, we're going to change this around. I want to feel really good. Very well, soon. I found a bike on Craigslist and I didn't know how rare um, finding a good used bike mm-hmm. is. They told me at the bike shop that, uh, I mean, <laughs> We're all we're all we're all aching to get out. Yeah. And so I got lucky. I, I just got it back. I'm I'm hoping um, to to get on the bike. When I do anything like yoga or even simple stretching, all right, we're gonna do my yoga. whole my whole life changes. Did we stretch back? Really... Did we stretch this morning? Yeah, I did a little bit, oh. but nothing nothing. No, but, but last night before we went to bed, we were like, okay, mm-hmm. new routine. Yeah. We're going to get up every day and stretch and we uh, we're going to do yoga. Everyone does yoga but us. Instead, it, we, we, didn't. we we procrast I did I like I, I always didn't. procrastinate doing the podcast, but the idea Obviously. of having to move or stretch was so daunting that I, I was like, let's just do the podcast instead. I forgot. I just got up and made coffee like I do. What are we talking about today, Beth? We're going to talk about um well I, as I mentioned, I was in Quartzsite, Arizona. Um, I went on a, a little road trip to find a man named Bob Wells because of a, a film called Nomadland. So we're going to start talking about Nomadland. Have you seen it, people? We've seen it. I've seen it a few times. Bet has seen it. It's. Um, I've never had a, a film 
have such an effect on me because of the life I had already been living. But read, um, Hilton Owls said it best. Yeah, and like over the last few days since I saw Nomadland, the recent last three weeks in America has made me think of the film as as an allegory oh, yeah. of, of what we are going through in America at this time. But so, Frances McDermott, I yeah. want to just say that that if for nothing else, watch Frances McDermott in this film. And, and this is Hilton Allison, what he has to say. Frances McDormand in Nomadland, this American face, this American actress, give her every award for this performance because she wasn't acting, she was being. Being Fern, a woman who hits the road because of economic circumstances only to discover in the ways of journeys that what she's leaving behind is what she gave up for her marriage to her presumed life as a woman. A woman who believed in unions and the workers' union without realizing something about subjugation and the avarice of the rich and powerful. Fern on the road is carried along by a cloud of grace. Have you ever heard anyone say, yes, ma'am, the way McDormand does and as she listens to her fellow journeyman in the real world, the world, world, McDormand benefit of spectacular costuming, makeup, histrionics, shitty jazz scores, or a star-studded supporting cast. She does it through the spirit, the body as core and object to be transcended, through the handling of emotionally elaborate props and by putting her face on our face reminding us why we look to stories and non-tricked out actors who show up as themselves and yourself as well in the first place to remind us of who we are and why. Oh dear. So yeah, Nomadland and the character Fern. Um, Bet and I, you know, we've been on the road in our van for a few years now and we meet all kinds of people. <clears throat> and if you are on... Instagram, you can see this whole van life thing and everybody with their fancy vans and, you know, but we meet, we, we've met Fern. Mm -hmm. we, we've, we've met these women um, and these women have had a really powerful effect on me. Um, you know, we, we've gotten some great advice uh, in Santa Barbara at this, I can't remember her name, which is, it was two, years ago. Um, that she was living in this VW. She'd been living in a van for, for her whole adult life. And she talked about the stigma. She said that her, you know, she had been trying to, to get people to realize that just because you're living in a van, you're not homeless. And I mean, this is, you know, I'm kind of going off track here, but this is this film, these characters that they, there are two actors in the whole film. Chloe Zhao is is a miracle. She's the director, and she used actual people, people who, who I met, road and who, I, who I met in Quartzite. I mean, it's Swanky. Yeah. I didn't meet Swanky, but oh my god, if I ever do, I, I, I don't know what's going to happen. Um, but it's so there are two actors in the film, and mm -hmm. and they used a small crew. And it, it centers around this character whose life has come mm -hmm. to a really difficult place. Her husband has died. Her mm -hmm. town has shut down. Everything that she had faith in, in America, every promise that America had made to her, in, in the blink of an eye, was gone. I just also want to mention that, Beth, you went out there to see Bob Wells, and I know you were also kind of hoping to see Swanky, perhaps, but oh, you, good. you, you basically passed your kidney stone in Quartzsite. Yeah, well, it, it shook it out. I definitely, I think that being amongst the minerals and 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 being in that place, I was it's so excited. All the, all the, you know, those awesome rock shows where those people just bring tons of rocks, like that's Quartzsite. And the flea market. So she and went to, it was an act of alchemy to go bring your stone to Quartzsite in hopes that it would come And out. hope that it, I didn't know, but yeah. I just, I wanted it, I, I knew that I wasn't going to see Bob Wells. And Bob Wells has this great channel called Cheap RV Living. Mm -hmm. I built our van yeah. watching his videos. Mm -hmm. I knew about him before Nomadland. Um, but I didn't, I didn't. I want to bring this back to Francis McDormand's yeah. face. Yeah. But that's, um, which, which is a continuity that goes back to Fargo and high art and everything she's ever been in. And what Francis McDormand's face does is it says, are you still human? 
she's showing you like what embodiment means in a way that is um, about a particular American experience that has to do with with class. I would say is is like her her face speaks to to the American experience in a certain kind of way that says like are you are you present? Yeah, because I are am. Are you fully present? Do you have a soul? Her yeah. face says, do you have a soul? Yeah, and 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 what Chloe Zhao does through camera, through light, through lens, and also. From what I understand, this film, she just let this film happen. She mm -hmm. just let it happen. Yeah. In, there was an interview with Bob, and he didn't know what he was going to talk about. He knew he was going to be in the scene tomorrow, and he met with Chloe and told his story, and she didn't hadn't heard his story before. And she, okay, and t tell that. Yeah. And it's it's and and the way that she, you, she zooms in on faces. I don't think in any in any other film I would like that yeah. because she takes all the context out and is able to go from Francis, from Fern to whoever yeah. she's talking to with this intimacy. But yeah. I also want to talk about freedom and her face. Well, because, because it speaks to a kind <clears throat> of American um, the movie speaks to a freedom, but these it's like she doesn't have a home. These are not the van life people that Yeah, you this see. is not these but are not yet, the beautiful it's still about freedom. Oh yes. And and also I'll add that um in in an interview, um Francis said that this is a fantasy. Anyone who knows her apparently knows that she threatens this regularly. Mm -hmm. She has been threatening getting a van, changing her name, and hitting the road. So <laughs> Who hasn't had yeah. that fantasy? I have, and and that yeah. that and that fantasy is freedom. That yeah. fantasy is that's what being in a van is. If you really embody the road in that way, well, do you think of Francis in the show as a kind of refugee? I think she starts out as a refugee. Yeah, um, and in in every sense of the word, yeah. I mean, she her her factory is gone in the blink of an eye. This thing. And her, so her marriage, her marriage is gone. Her home. Gone. She lived in um, in upstate New York yeah. in Love Canal. Um, yeah. It's it, it was factory housing, yeah. and so you if you worked for Dow Chemical, you, you lived in these tract houses that mm -hmm. weren't yours. Same thing there. And what was this is based on a real town, and it's and he's like very very close to to Burning Man. Mm -hmm. So when you talk about the nomad, I mean, it very close to this place, this, this other kind of quote unquote nomadic place. Yeah. Um, and yet that had zero economic impact, mm -hmm. zero influence on this, this other mm -hmm. place that is literally nowhere. And so, well, you might end up being that refugee if we continue on the I know. way we're going I know. Um, with the culture. You might, it might be the where you end up feeling the most free. Well, that was what, well, and you, and to talk about the freedom. So I, I will say this is a little bit about quartzite. Um, so I, I went there. Um, I was in the town. I saw the rock shop. I where I was going was this BLM land, and that's where in the film they have the um, rubber tramp roundup every year, and that's an event that Bob Wells. I was going to go this. I was going to go in the COVID last year, um, but of course it didn't happen. But the reason they have it there is there's 10,000 acres of BLM land. And in the winter, that's where all the RVers have been going forever. Mm -hmm. There's this certain tract of, of, of the West that mm -hmm. between like the, the Salton Sea, yeah. um, the Slabs, Arizona, you, these, the snowbirds have been there and it's cheap. But, the, you know, these are the people who can't afford to be in the RV parks. This is a different... Um, these are American refugees. It's you pay. God, I paid forty dollars for two weeks. I don't think you have to pay in the winter, and you just you drive in, and it's ten thousand acres of whatever you want, and you drive out, and um, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of RVs, all different kinds, people who live there, and you know, I met some veterans. I met some. I met a woman who had lived in Santa Fe and it's, it's just an amazing community. And so this exists, this has already been happening. And apparently in two weeks, they're all gone. They all go up to South Dakota. I had no idea. Um, 
So what were you going to say, Beth? Oh, um, that might be... We were going to segue into... Oh, what are we going to segue? This is where we don't do editing, so what are we yeah. going to... So, so, yeah, so the refugees, the well, nomads. You know, I do see, after the last three weeks, the metaphor of the refugee. And uh, we watched uh, Russell Brand talking about um, Pat, the passport issue. Oh yeah, we're tech, gonna go. We're gonna go right the into that. The tech intersection with um, um, this pharmaceutical situation. Yeah, I want to say right now, we're gonna we're gonna dive into. This is not going to be an episode about vaccines as much as it's going to be an episode about. Um, vaccine passports. I, was, I don't know if a segue could get more awkward than that. Yeah. I don't want to well, talk about awkward. this. It's all it's awkward. It's all awkward. I don't want to talk mm -hmm. about this, but I'm really, you know, the, these freedoms, the, mm -hmm. these these places, you know, what's, what's going to happen to all of this? It's already happening. I want to start, you know, with things that I've seen, like Ayelet Waldman, who wrote the book about LSD, doing a tweet that says, I am now cutting, I intend to cut out everyone in my life who is not vaccinated. Um, well, that, all right, you're getting a little bit ahead. So no, but, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but this mm -hmm. is the, the language. So we're already kind of creating a thing, but I think it we're comes creating from the a thing. I think it comes from the text. So here's here's the backstory. Didn't come from Biden, didn't come from Fauci. It's not coming from the doctors. But here's, from this is, this but, is the, yeah. but this all started for us because um, turns out I am not a good candidate for this vaccine for any of these vaccines. And I, none of this is any of your fucking business, but since you can't have a conversation in America right now without somebody asking about your vaccine situation, tell I'm gonna, us I'm about gonna tell your you, body. I'm gonna tell you about personal information. I'm gonna about tell you because nobody, you went to your medical doctor, but you're telling it to our podcast. Because I've had to explain it to yeah. friends on the street, because it's required, friends on the, because it's required. But I'm one of those unfortunate people who has, I, I have, I think we we were I have all of the the warning flags um, around some of the possible effects of all of these vaccines that are available right now. I have two autoimmune issues, two conditions. I have severe allergies to both medical, um, uh, to both pharmaceuticals, to nuts, to bees. And not just the regular kind of allergies. I, I carry, I think I have like seven EpiPens of different flavors. Mm -hmm. um, I have had anaphylactic shock more times than I can count. I have had to be resuscitated from the point of death from eating a single pine nut. A single pine nut. Um, when I was young, my bee allergy started with the first bee sting causing a tremendous amount of hives and a bad reaction. I was stung 13 times that I can remember. The 12th time, my entire head and both of my eyes swelled shut for a week. The 13th time, I almost died in front of my mother and grandmother. We were in the middle of the Adirondack Mountains. There was no hospital around, and luckily, there was a doctor in the next cabin. I remember... Um, my eyes fluttering back in the back of my head, in the back of a car, and my mother being very scared. Then what happens next is you go to get skin testing and they do these things. If anyone has had allergies, you know what skin testing is. Skin testing almost killed me um, because whatever happened with that bee shot started a chain reaction in my body. So the next one that came in almost killed me. So I didn't get skin testing. Um, and, but what I did get was an experimental therapy that, um, mm. ended up making me possibly not allergic to bees. That's a whole other story. Same thing happened with pine nuts. I've had pesto once. It was delicious. I was in the hospital five minutes later. I've read that all over the place on the internet, people are saying that every, like I let Waldman say, every single person should get the vaccine. Yeah. The first, the first person who told me not to get the vaccine was my mother and then my doctor. I've, I've, I've had more appointments with my doctor over the past mm -hmm. year um, than, than I have in the years before. Did um, they change something on the CDC that now clarifies? Because it wasn't there before. Now it is where it says that, um, if you have a certain kind of reaction or like that says you shouldn't get it if you have a certain. Well, they say condition. that if you get the first shot and you have an extreme reaction, yeah. don't get the second shot. But I'm, you know, here's the thing. None of this is any of your fucking business and no one, 
I, I am, anyone who knows me knows that I am the most COVID safe person you know. I have had to explain this to my friends because they are all, no, no, every, the vaccine is safe for everyone. So, you know, this is a gamble that I'm not interested in taking right now. I'm, I am interested in a better shot. Um, I have tremendous hope for, for everything that's happening right now. Please do not get me wrong. Um, when they say that this vaccine doesn't work for everyone, what that means is for people like me, they're not certain if it will even work. So what do I do? I didn't want to be on this side of this conversation. This is not something that I imagined myself having to be on this side of. Well, and now we bring in the concept of the shock doctrine and Naomi Klein's concept of like, how is capitalism going to use this opportunity? Right, right. To, um, to, to reap some economic, you know, to squeeze us out of our... Right, and so this is where I say like, yeah. this is going to become a conversation less about... Um, vaccines and more about vaccine passports because unfortunately um i have had to i have had to dive into the world of vaccines more than i wanted to um i have read some of the most quackadoodle wackadoodle things about microchips about things that people think are going to happen it's fucking bullshit um read the room friends if you have a dog and they have a little chip in their thing you can it's not that's not what's going to happen to us we we carry the chip around it's called our telephones but what I see, yeah, another coming, immune compromised person in the town next door was like, "I'm not getting it, and it's not be, for what you think, because it's a wacky town that yeah, you know, yeah, 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 everyone's yeah, kind of yeah. Cute, and she's got really severe autoimmune, and so that was the only way she could, you know, she was she's so afraid of people thinking that that she's a cute person or something when she has a, is not doing it for the same reasons you are because she has an autoimmune condition. It's very bad. Yeah, and and yeah. it's like. I, I'm having people look at me like I'm some sort of like QAnon, Trump supporting anti-vaxxer. You know what? I get tetanus shots every 10 years. I've been carrying my vaccine card, the one that you get when you're born, because I, I have to get a tetanus shot. And let me tell you a funny story about my last tetanus shot. Um, my doctor said, oh, yeah, um, you're going to get a whooping cough vaccine as well. But wait, let, let me see. And she said, I'm really mad about this you will no longer be able to get just a tetanus shot because they've added a whooping cough vaccine into the tetanus shot. And I said, wait a minute, I don't, I don't want a whooping cough vaccine. And she said, yeah, I, I think I have like, she saved a, as many of the, the just tetanus shots and, and it was the last vial. And she said, you get my last vial, but your next tetanus shot is gonna have a whooping shot, a whooping cough vaccine in it and it's not gonna be up to you. And I thought, wow, I, that's crazy. Like I have to get my next tetanus shot and it's in like four years and I'm also going to get a whooping shot. So that's, that's just one example of something that I didn't know. And, and now I know, but that wasn't up to me. Anyway, I'm awkward edits um, to, to wrap up the whooping cough thing. It, it's like now where you had a choice, there's no choice anymore. And I didn't get any, like, there was no memo. No one said, hey, do you think it would be a good idea to do this? Or maybe you could get one or the other. No, like, now, well, you, thing, now there's no choice in that. And I worry that that there's that our choices are going to be narrower and narrower and narrower, not just around vaccines, not just around, you know, not just around vaccination cards, but because of tech, because of tech. We're, we're inviting in this new thing that none of us gave, none of us were given a memo on, none of us were asked like, do you want to have this? This is just happening. Well, I've watched, you know, Biden's talks, I've watched Fauci, I've watched, you know, source talks, and I've also talked to doctors. We had a frontline um, doctor from New York City come, we were talking to her about- Oh yeah, yeah, this and is, this is kind of what- And this is These are all conversations about like, um, what should I do? Um, this is the information. Biden, the doctor, Fauci, nobody is coming at it with the energy that I'm seeing on the anchor people on the evening news and the um, stuff coming at me from my phone. The propaganda. It's a completely different thing. Like, when did we sign up for this? Everybody needs it or else right now, you know, because like we have a wonderful thing. We have a vaccine that's like flooding and you can get it. When did it become like this, um, 
like when uh, did when did, social pressure when yeah did when, when did when did huh. um when did my doing when when did my decision become a decision to destroy my community because that's yeah. what um that's we, we have a friend who was yeah. called a murderer a grandmother killer <sighs> and 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 it's like i literally feel like beth is gonna become part of like an underclass a split you're gonna have the vaccinated and unvaccinated yeah the vaccine um, and, and there will and it doesn't be matter social why. pressure there will be hate there will be outrage um manufactured that's not coming from biden not coming from cdc it's coming from, from my friends tech because uh, once and again they're creating a system where you're going to divide things in two it's always two yeah it's, it's always trump two and not trump it's vaccinated and unvaccinated it's how it works and it is and what we heard on the russell brand uh, show was that um, he did a little PSA. The system um, that tech is creating, the patterns and the way information is being stored specifically with the vaccine rollout will be used for other things once they no longer need, you know, so it will, what do you think they're going to, the structure will be used for in terms of like surveillance? Well, that's like, you know, they call it a rabbit hole for a reason. Yeah. And again, don't you, you try to throw some con conspiracy theory theory there's a lot of information out there right now we're competing with china we're competing with for their because they have their surveillance thing and we're trying to create one that's different and so what what i what i see happening is that this has been whatever system of surveillance that that is going to become attached to this vaccine passport like if you're imagining your laminated card that you got um at the convention center as your vaccine passport you're sadly mistaken um this is going to be most likely an app that goes on your phone that's from the government that is partnered with big tech there has never been a surveillance system that is tied in through our government and through our technology to this degree. They've never had a reason to unroll this kind of technology out on mass before. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to be very clear right now with you when I say that this is not an episode about vaccines. I don't care what you do. It disturbs me how much you care what I do in the context of the larger picture of this. And because of the potentialities and the fact we are not allowed to have conversations. We are about not this, allowed to I have talk made about a decision this. to make whether I take the vaccine or not private or whether I have taken it or not is a private matter. And this is um, <laughs> we're going to see how long we can go yeah, with all of and, this. And it was really nice knowing you. Uh, yeah. And, and, and again, anyone who knows me, I suck for that. Well, what, 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 uh, what, in, what ends up happening when you have to take an alternative path and I'm being forced into an, alter, an alternative path right now is that you do look at it differently. I am bombarded every day with propaganda that says I need to be making decisions for my community and not myself. When do I not do that? When has anyone who known me known me to be a person who doesn't do that? I have had friends question my doctors and my own personal sovereignty over mm -hmm. my body. I again will remind you that in terms of my health, I've had one of the most devastating years. I'm not letting you know everything what's going on with me, but this is I never thought that I would have to talk about it in this way as defending myself. And now, two weeks ago, I was saying, don't worry about this. Like, nobody's going to do this. This mm -hmm. is, yeah. it doesn't make sense. And why did I say it didn't make sense? Okay, you're vaccinated. You should not have to worry about me. I, I'm, I wear masks in public. I, um, I am very COVID safe. You're protected from me. If what they're telling us is true, why, why, what is this vaccine card going to do? It's going to let them know what stores you're going into. It's going to, it's an experiment. There's so many experiments happening right now. And it's right not now. about COVID. And it's not about COVID. And, and they'll say that in two years. Yeah. They're saying, oh, this is only going to be two years. This is only going to be. This is about a surveillance system. This is about a surveillance itself. system growing itself and we, learning. This is not woo. This is just 
a business <laughs> model. A business model. And, and I, you know, we talked about um, the social dilemma, mm -hmm. but what you should watch is Coded Bias. It's on PBS. Mm -hmm. And what Coded Bias talks about is the surveillance state. Mm -hmm. And it talks about the, the biases. It talks about, you know, a lot about black faces, white faces, watch it. Mm -hmm. One of the things they talk about is China versus the United States and how the tech is being used. And in China, um, everything is based yeah. on a social system. And the population, I mean, I don't know, it's, it's what you get out of China is probably propaganda, but they had this very hipster skater girl going through the streets of China talking about how she loved the fact that she could trust her government, that she trusted that her government had her best interest in mind when she put her face technology, like they scan their faces to do everything. You walk down the street, you understand that you're being surveilled. They're completely comfortable with this for the most part, so they say. They now go to England. And in England, they're starting to set up these vans just like vans that look like our van, but black. Um, so maybe it like, maybe the white van that used to be the creepy van, I think we need to be looking up for black vans now because they're putting these dark vans and they sit on the corner and they are doing surveillance. They're doing facial recognition and they are pulling <laughs> black faces off the street because the technology doesn't recognize black faces the way it recognizes white faces because it was trained that way. The consequence of that is random people, they now have a reason to just give you a shakedown. This poor mm -hmm. boy gets shaken down for nothing. And black, there's he's a black, he's a young, poor black, black, a young man. black man and is shaken down for nothing. Thank God there are activists literally setting up camp, talking about free speech and freedom across the, the, the intersection mm -hmm. from these vans and the next thing you know, they are surrounded and being ushered out and being told they can't film this and being told. So this is England. Now, what they talk about America is using the te this technology for shopping, for the economy, for, for consumerism, for capitalism, for the gain of the S&P 500, for big tech and big pharma. Big tech and big pharma tied together, telling you inconsistent truths or not truths. Mm -hmm. If a vaccine is to protect you from COVID, why are they telling you that hanging out with unvaccinated people is something that you can't do? And I'm talking about friends. I have heard friends, not just Ayelet Waldman say, I'm not letting unvaccinated people inside my house. I don't think unvaccinated people should be allowed into stores. I don't think unvaccinated people should be allowed to get on airplanes. I don't think, I don't think, I don't think. Well, what does the science well, like, let's say? Let's listen and try to find some articles and read about this yeah, and figure it out. Let's, let's oh, no, you can't, out. Find, oh, you can't find anything. You oh, can't. like actual friends are literally being kicked off Twitter and Facebook for posting like a Nicholson, um, Nicholas Baker article from New York Magazine about like the Wuhan lab leak, for instance. Oh know. yeah, the Wuhan lab leak that, that you know, if you because say that Trump now, talked about it, because yeah. Trump talked about yeah. it, it obviously is a Trump thing. Well now, in the last three weeks, there is new information. Um, I'm more still stuck in the former head of the CDC. Baker article, but what happened? Oh, the it's former a head of the CDC. It's, it's a, high a high probability. probability. And guess what? It does matter where it came from. Everyone wanted to tell us that it didn't. doesn't matter where it came from. It does. There's many reasons why it matters because it Again, matters. I didn't want to know any of this. I, I just want to say I didn't want to know any of this. In terms of the science of the virus, it matters if it was... Um, well, the, the hypothesis is that it's probably like Nicholson Baker, who wrote the book White Smoke about World War II. He's like a wonderful literary writer who's also written like massive tomes of nonfiction writing. Um, and he he suspects. Oh, he wrote the New York Magazine piece. Yes, he yeah. suspects that it was um, not intentional. Not intentional. But, um, but it has something to do with a bunch of back guano in a mine and scientists um, creating a mutant because they've been they've been, they've been working with stuff for, for years time. and years and years and then people were um, sending these protest letters and trying to stop things trying to stop things that got overridden by Fauci. But anyway, New York Magazine um, Nicholson Baker um, is really worth reading and 
And so like to even like want to talk about why I think um, the source of this is important, both for political reasons, for the reasons having to do with tech control and for the reasons having to do with the, the basic biology of of this virus, it's important. Yeah, well, and, important. and the reasons that tech is giving you for the control doesn't line up with the reasons that science is giving you as to how these vaccines work and how they will work within the population. Yeah. And so that's what I, what I fear is that in two years, they tell us in two years when we've beat COVID that they're just going to take this technology away. This is just temporary, of course, they say. This is just mm -hmm. temporary. So I don't, I'm, I'm trying to, to figure out how my friends and myself are going to feel about a government chip in your phone. Again, there's probably a million government chips in your phone that you don't know about, but this is the one that you're going to give access to. There used to be a joke that said that you could hide anything that you wanted to do that was subversive in the iTunes user agreement because we would all sign it without even reading it. And that was like 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. Now I think of how many times I accept terms, I accept things, I accept mm -hmm. things because I want access to this technology. I, I don't read it. I don't do the kind of dive that I've done because it doesn't have the same consequences, mm -hmm. of course. Yeah, I wanna use this app. So I'm gonna say yes to the terms because it's, you know, what's the worst it's going to do? It's going to take my data and it's going to sell it. Well, when you're saying yes to an app that's put on your phone by the government that's connected into big pharma, big bio, big tech, what else are you saying yes to? You're, you're, you're handing them the keys to your car that is your body. And you're saying, I give you permission to use my body. And you're going to take the information from my body. And that is going to give me access based on what you determine that access mm -hmm. or, or more importantly, lack of access. Access is power. And lack of access is going to take the injustices, the inequities, the, the, the root of all of these social fights that we have taken on so Beautifully, in the last year, in the last two weeks, that script has been flipped. And my, so I'm, I'm asking you, my friends, who have been critical of the government, who have been critical of these systems, I want you, I don't want you to tell me what you think about my personal health choices. I want you to tell me what you think about your choices around what this surveillance really looks like. And I want you to think about how in, in two years when they say, oh, well, it's going to be about something else. I, I Westworld, you know, Westworld, <laughs> like it feels like it was 17 years ago, mm -hmm. but it was just like eight months ago. This all was laid out for us in Westworld. Mm -hmm. And what happened was they were collecting, it turns out the whole world mm -hmm. was controlled by big tech and, and, and surveillance states. And, and they hacked the system. And what happened was everybody got the download on their phone of how the government had been engineering them into thinking that they had free will and choices, but everything mm -hmm. had been dictated by what this big computer told mm -hmm. you to do. And in one episode, you watched an entire culture collapse, right? Because everyone who's addicted to their phones this thing that they thought was this freedom, they thought is now saying, the government thinks you're a criminal. The government, and the government has been tracking you since you're 10, and they mm -hmm. have, your path that you thought you chose was a path that they chose for you before you even knew what was fucking happening. Now we're in the real world. And now we're in the real world, and my very, very sensible friends are, <clears throat> are just, Signing up for things. And I, you know, I found because I don't believe in quackery and conspiracy theories and because I'm not <laughs> because I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I, I was just trying to find like doctors and scientists because our doctor, not my doctor, but our doctor friend, what her advice was, was to wait a, a year because we, we ended the test trials and now the trials are us. This is a front lines. New this York is a front lines New York doctor who had COVID, I see you. and I see this COVID. is not a COVID denier. This yeah. is not very much not a COVID denier, but 
what her concern is, is that we're not going to know the difference between what's happening with the vaccines, with COVID, because autoimmune is an underlying factor in all of this. And, and that's why that's why it's my special interest, because I'm so good at autoimmune. Um, yeah, they were saying the variants come when it gets in an autoimmune. An autoimmune or an immune compromised body. Yeah. One of the two. Like, for example, and again, you know, we talked about not meandering, but my body produces antibodies that are trying to kill my thyroid that are off the charts no matter what I do. It's a, it's a, um, a cytokine You're a in storm. a cytokine storm. Constantly. Constantly, just, yeah. But it's just focused on this one little thing, and no matter what medication I do, I can't get it to stop. And, you know, but because of it, I have this crazy rogue immune system. Like I don't get flus. I don't get, I got the bird flu. Um, and I took this Chinese medicine when I got the bird flu. And you my, healed your thyroid. I healed my thyroid. So I also believe in treatments. So another thing in my finding out research from doctors and scientists and not, and not, um, what was it? Um, the quackadoodles who are the aspiring physicians. Yeah. I'm not reading aspiring physicians debunk articles. I'm reading doctors and scientists and evolutionary biologists and virologists who have talked about um, just... Well, the, we're, you know, one of the things that's happening is that there's really all these ways to not get sick from COVID. Right, so they're talking about um, these... One, Ivermectin. One doctor yeah. raised this, this just caution, this concern that none of these vaccines are, are proven by the FDA, blah, 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 blah. It's an experimental study, blah, blah, blah. But if, if they were to be authorized by the FDA, and you, apparently you can't have a working, a working um, therapeutic. You can't have an existing treatment to a virus if you were going to have a mass rollout of a mandatory vaccine. Like you can't, Apparently, if there's another way the to books, get to it. If there's a treatment for an illness, you can't make a vaccine. Mandatory. Mandatory. Or um, supposedly mandatory, which is what it is now, because it's not mandatory. They can't make you do an experimental think, thing. Yeah. But again, that's all aside. Yeah. It's like... <sighs> but this information should be out there. This we information should be out there because it, there's, there's just, there are a few treatments right now. It turns out we've learned some things about COVID mm -hmm. in the last year. And right now in Michigan, in, um, in New Mexico, in Houston, they're using this ivermectin. They're using therapeuticals that, is, that, that have the same efficacy as the vaccines. Mm -hmm. And so this is something About that... About an 85% success rate among highly compromised people. And there's another doctor here in Santa Fe that I am trying to get up, but we can't, like, they're not accepting patients, but um, <clears throat> they're they're talking about these treatments that have just rolled out the door, but these are medicines that have been proven and, and tested. And this is another doctor who's saying, you know, maybe we can do this hand in hand. Mm -hmm. There are, and so Rachel this, Maddow. Yeah. Spoke oh, Rachel about Maddow many, spoke many about episodes. it. Um, and not just, and it was an amazing episode. Mm -hmm. This doctor was in tears and here's, so this information was brought to me to say like, cause I, I'm, I'm very sad that the, the, that these vaccines are that that it, that I might not be able to get this for for my health reasons. So this was this was said to me as like, don't worry. Like if if you end up getting COVID, there's a treatment that is going to help you, and these treatments are specifically for people who the vaccine might not be effective in. They're using it now in the elderly. And Rachel Maddow said you're going to have vaccine hesitant populations well and, so, and the elderly like, you're also going to have populations where the vaccine might not be as effective and yeah. the way rachel described it was we have two doors out of this pandemic mm -hmm. why the fuck aren't we using both of them she was very upset we're really she was very concerned only talk about the vaccine and like, she said scary. we are only going through one door mm -hmm. and and that's, again, so I come back to, to these passports and this technology, and I say, okay, the script is being flipped about every two weeks, mm -hmm. and, and we're being told yeah. a new thing, and we're being told a new way to think, and we're being told, and the information is being taken away. And, and when we talk about grooming, when we, like mm -hmm. right now, 
what I see happening is we're, we're censoring each other. Mm-hmm. Like the government doesn't even have to do it. Like mm-hmm. you can't like, I, like how care, like this is probably going to be the most awkward podcast episode yet because I'm terrified of everything I'm about to say. I'm having to second guess because I don't. I'm legitimately afraid. I'm of afraid the future of, of the, the future trajectory of my book and my career. I found, uh, you know, one, I, I find an evolutionary biologist who's, raising some pretty legit just talking about this just talking about this and not um you know at first was pretty on board and then you know out of princeton goes and talks to their other scientist doctor friends and now they're really really concerned about just just this the inconsistencies the proprietary information why all of this is being shifted and you know what i'm not i can't so I, I, I'd never, I didn't know about any of these people before, but I go and do a little bit more digging and, oh yeah, they've said some like super controversial things about like completely unrelated subjects. So I can't say this name, mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to leave it at that. Like, and it sucks because I don't, I didn't know. Well, I'm not trying to, to like, I want to talk about what, I'm not, well, what, let me just say yeah. one more thing. I'm not trying to sign on to everything that someone says. So, so when I say condition, you know, now we're we're meant to think that if if a, a a scientist or a doctor or a professional who has credentials who has respect says one thing that you don't agree with politically, these were political political yeah politically so if they say something things. that doesn't line up with a politically charged subject, we are taught because we are of one political mind on one side that we are to throw everything that they say mm-hmm. out with the fucking bathwater. Yeah. When did this happen? When did this happen to us? When did it happen that um, well, like that everything people, had to be so fucking divided? Yeah, like nobody really knows how to make an amanita mushroom tincture. We have a friend who's tried and has gotten sick many times. Yeah, so, like if somebody can figure it out, and that person ends up being like a oh, wackadoodle person, there's a lot of people going to go running to this person for that information alone, and because you need it, you need that information. Certain people need to know how to make an amanita tincture, um, so you're not going to care if he's, you know. A meat eater, but anyway, um, Francis, you're right. Yeah, yeah, you're not gonna get um, Francis McDormand's face. All right, I want to come back to this because at the year anniversary of the pandemic, I found myself landing in my body for the first time, going like, "How do I really? What's going? What's gone on? Like, yeah, what happened? What's gone on?" And and like, I, I was like, "Oh, like, I don't think you need to wear a mask outside." with your friends anymore, right? Like, and suddenly I was like rethinking about, about like what I've been doing. We don't, we, 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 we've been wearing masks outside with friends who are very compliant with wearing masks outside. And yeah. then in the last week um, I, I was with a friend and, and he said, Oh, I don't, or no, I said, Oh, I don't, we don't always do masks outside with friends. And I realized that he and I are both just so polite and we're so, concerned about everyone else's well-being that we may have been having like we end up talking for like two hours in the Mm -hmm. backyard and with like our masks on and we have a lot of other friends that we don't do that with and and we laughed and I said oh I I realized that I was doing this for you and you were doing this for Mm -hmm. me and I don't we don't do outside masks and he said oh my god we don't do outside masks and we laughed so hard because we we don't do outside masks not no we don't Unless we're in now, granted, and if I'm in Los Angeles and I'm downtown, yeah, I'm going to wear a fucking outside mask. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're in a crowd of people and you're shoulder to shoulder, sure. Or there's a potential. there's a potential for, for having for bumping a, up against somebody or having a long conversation a long that you can't get socially distant. But if you can get socially distant outside, it's really nice to see your faces again. And we need to see. I need. I need to see faces. But it's, I think it's also yeah. like we're all so fatigued by this pandemic. Mm-hmm. We're all so fucking tired. And mm-hmm. I think that if, if, we start, if we start really thinking about what's happening and we say, okay, like wear your mask where it counts. You know, maybe if, if we all figured out that you could wear a mask inside where it's appropriate and not wear a mask outside wearing your mask inside where it's appropriate might be a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. You know, we live um, in a, we're, we're selling the house in Madrid right now and we've been having a lot of fucking bullshit issues mm-hmm. over there, literally bullshit issues, but I've been there a lot and I'm, I go to get the, the mail 
or I go septic just, issues. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So very expensive, very bullshit septic very expensive issues. Expensive septic issues. <laughs> Utter fucking bullshit. So I, I go to get the mail, or I go to just walk up the street to um, park my car around the corner, and I'm not wearing a mask because there's like. 300 people in our town. We had 10 cases of COVID and there's no tourists on the street. And I get dirty looks because I'm not wearing a mask. And I'm now becoming one of those people who's like, what? Like, there's no one here. Like, there's two of us on the street. I think we're okay. Okay, so uncomfortable edit number three. Um, <clears throat> yeah, we're afraid. We don't want this to be twisted. It's making me really sad. I feel like people I'm sad and nervous and. I mean, funny, even though I don't, I, I'm making a commitment um, to uh, that my my disclosure of my personal medical information is private. And I would ask of my friends, um, try it for a day when you're out in public, um, to not ask people personally whether they've gotten vaccinated or not. Just try it for a day. And I'm, hard. and I'm I'm going to say that I, I will talk about my personal medical stuff mm -hmm. as uncomfortable as it is for me, maybe not entirely on this podcast, but if anything that we've talked about in this podcast, we will talk about with any of mm -hmm. you in any context mm -hmm. without judgment, but don't be an extension of the worst part of your phone. Yeah. Don't be <sighs> an extension of the worst part of your fear. Yeah. And so on that note, I'm going to say, instead of asking about, have you been vaccinated? Or when someone asks you if you've been vaccinated, I want you in your mind to imagine what in two years that that might be replaced with mm -hmm. and, and what door that's going to open or close for you. Maybe it's going to be your income. Maybe it's going to be your race. Maybe it's going to be, you know, <clears throat> tried and true um, sexual orientation, um, gender, gender, um, any number of things. Maybe it's your criminal history. Maybe it's that felony that you got back when you were 19 that you mm -hmm. want erased off of your, that you never thought that you would have to talk about, that you have taken your whole life to make sure that nobody knows about anything that might show up in a way that could close a door for you. And access. Again, access. So just, you know, like, and purchasing the, the capitalist aspect of access is very insidious because you get advertised discounts, this and that, and you become oriented to what you can purchase and where you can go to travel um, because there's, you know, Vegas might have um, a $45 a night hotel room, et cetera. These are still aspects of social control. And if you see something on a meme on your phone that says that you need to tell someone like me that I'm not asking, that I'm not acting in the best interest of my community, maybe think about that as propaganda because mm -hmm. think about who you're talking to. Yeah. And, and think about when have you seen Beth? Like, Beth, Beth is, is uh, like out of all the people on the planet that I know, you will not get COVID from Beth, period. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I taught myself, I, I, I acquired medical interweaving fabric to sew inside of masks. I have been making five layer masks since I, since I taught myself to sew. And now I'm really fucking good at sewing because yeah. I'm really good at sewing. Yeah. And I have, I have been acting socially responsibly. And so ask yourself, like, what are you saying? Mm -hmm. and, and can we share the stories of um, the, the most embarrassing thing we did at the beginning of COVID when we didn't know um, what we know now. Oh my God. I've screamed at people. No, for... let's say we pulled up to a water. Dispensary. Oh yeah. We'll start at the water. Dispensary. We've got two stories. I got a really good story. Yeah. I, we had to go outside and getting water and yeah. someone was like 20 feet across the parking lot. I think I screamed mm -hmm. and ran back into the van. You screamed at him very loudly. No, I didn't scream at him. I screamed. You screamed. Yeah. yeah. Masks. None. Just, I got to get back in my car. Like, he was a good six feet away from you. You screamed. I did. Yeah. As for me, I um, I uh, trolled someone on Facebook who said that they went to a hot springs during when we shut it down, and was asked. And she was complaining that she was. It was Las Vegas hot springs. She was complaining that she was asked to leave by the security guard who drove by. And I said that she was putting him in danger as a working class person. Like, there's been a lot of propaganda. Sitting in a hot tub. 
I'm so, I, I owe her an apology. So for the last year, we've been held by, by the wits end of our of our deepest fears. Yeah. And so getting back into this like super dark, like I'm I'm legit afraid right now. Not just of the words that I've said out loud in this podcast. I'm legit afraid about where I see this going. And you know, we've we've talked about freedom. We've talked about the road. We've talked about nomad land. But we we also said. Egyptian mummy parades might be the answer. Yeah, like what? Like we don't, we don't have anything right now. (laughs) Egyptian mummy parades are always the answer. We need to go full Egyptian mummy parade. I said that the other night. Yeah, you don't know what I'm talking about. In Egypt, they had to move the mummies, um, the like King Tut, Nefertiti, all those, all those crazy cats. They built this fine new museum in the Valley of the Gods, and. They made a national spectacle out of this that we need to, like, we need to unite the country. We need to unite America. This was, just Google it. It's two hours. They had Egyptian scarab beetle floats. Like, those are the shit beetles, right? The entire city of Cairo. They, They developed a special nitrogen, nitrogen, Google nitrogen. It's the killer and saver of us all. They floated them in nitrogen in these special cars. They repaved the streets of Cairo and they all designed this to be on television because duh, COVID, they can't have people in mass on the streets. So they they wanted people to be at home. You couldn't get the whole spectacle unless you were at home. Like it was the 300 so... ISIS's. Oh my God. They got the most beautiful and terrifying Egyptians of every kind you every every child everyone they had was, egyptian maria abramovic playing oh my drums. god just terrifying so and just so everyone was so An inspired incredible symphony the music was singing. extraordinary like classical beautiful music and they're desperate it's like on YouTube, you know their economy is falling apart mm-hmm. the tourism you know like they've been you know you throw a bunch of gays mm-hmm. off towers and you get real fucked up with your politics. Turns out people might not want to go there because mm-hmm. of tourism. So a lot of it has to do with, you know, making people from the West feel comfortable about going to Egypt. Um, and what is it about um, like Egypt, Egyptian kitsch? Because it's not kitsch when it's actually your country. Like, you're yeah, watching yeah. It every like, like, this is so Vegas. Oh my God. And like, yeah, every, every um, beat up, every, every teenage girl in the late eighties had like a, that turquoise scarab necklace and, I decided we, that that like the Americans that are really into Egyptian kitsch um, is something just to be tenderhearted about. <laughs> yeah, no, but then we were trying to think like, okay, what in America would be the thing that would like get all of us just to maybe love each other a little bit more? Nothing. And then maybe we'd all get to like, I think we all just need to be given that same side eye to the government that we were given the government like three months ago. And I'm talking, this is on both sides. Mm-hmm. Like, they're really, like, maybe that's what it is. Maybe we all need to, like... Duh, don't trust the government. Duh, duh don't trust duh. the government. I mean, seriously. Just duh, like, really. It's just that, when have they... When... I just don't think that they've ever had our best interest at heart. And I think we know it. I'm really scared. I really don't want my friends to think that I'm going to, like, be diseased or sick. And I'm starting to feel that way. You know, I don't think of myself as a sick person. Mm-hmm. And that's and so I don't want you to think of me as a sick person. I don't want you to think of me as a conspiracy theorist because I'm going down a different road of thought that you might be. Like we we mm-hmm. have friends who don't agree with us politically. All I, I need always to know have, about me is I'm not an anti-vaxxer and I'm not gonna disclose my information. Yeah, to no, and it's a it's a we're we're conducting our own thought experiment over mm-hmm. here. Um in, in the no cures only alchemy, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not, and, and I mean that no cures. Like I don't, it, I don't, if, if, if you want, like you should get that vaccine. I really, I want you to understand that I'm, I want this to work. The other thing that we talked about with our doctor friend is that if this, and this is words out of her mouth, if this technology works, we've cured cancer, we've cured AIDS, mm-hmm. we have entered into a whole new arena of human health that we don't even know about. We've also opened a door to like genetically modified babies. And so if you were afraid of a GMO tomato, you should be afraid of a GMO baby. <laughs> and, yeah. that's just, and also bringing it, bringing it back to alchemy, um, which <clears throat> is the state of flux of everything. Like whatever, you know, what we do 
from the attitude from our phones is we take snapshots of where someone is and we, we hold them fixed in our mind. We go, oh, Beth is one of those escape from the Wuhan lab thinkers. And so you take a snapshot, like she may not think that a minute from now. No, I really don't know. Something the next day that changes her mind. And also we don't think anything about it because we don't know, there's no conclusive. No, and, and that's and, and, there's and, not conclusive. And, and what's making me feel insecure, what's making me feel afraid you know i'm not i'm guess what i'm not afraid of covid i've learned in the last year that and yeah yeah i said a super controversial thing i'm not afraid of covid i have a tremendous respect for covid i do not want covid to get anywhere the fuck near from me but i also think that we've we've learned how to protect ourselves from covid we've learned how to live with covid i'm afraid of how covid is being used I'm afraid of how these blanket policies are being thrown over all of us. And we're supposed to be told that they just, it's just going to fit. It's mm -hmm. this, this, like, this is for everyone. I, and, and like, you can say like, oh, it's ableist to, to say that everyone needs to get vaccinated. Don't, you don't even need to use that trope. It's just it's, mind your you own business. Just, do what's right for you. Well, and just think about the government and act responsibly. Mm -hmm. We're at a really scary time right now, you know. The so oh my point. So what what is making me the most afraid is that I can't seem to find the answers to the questions that I really have. They and used I, to be there. They used to be there. I can't. I'm 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 a I'm a smart person who understands technology. I can't find the answers to questions, and I'm just being told, well, we don't know but you should trust this, mm -hmm. you know? And, and when I, when I start playing with language, because I like playing with language, like I said, take vaccine out and switch it with income, switch it with any other thing. Mm -hmm. Well, I like to say like, <laughs> when I boil down what I'm hearing from the government, it's like, you need to do this. We don't really know if it's going to work. We think it is, but you need to do it anyway. And don't think about it. And if you're questioning it, like, Every piece of information that's come out of the government is like a cartoon from Sesame Street that treats you like you're six. Can someone please explain this to me without a stupid cartoon? I mean, I'm serious. Like, you should do it because it's safe. No, like, it, it, and it very well is probably safe for most of you. But, you know, when we're talking about 5% of people who this might not work for, that's like millions and millions of people. And so I'm not alone in this. And I, I have respect for people who are doing it for religious reasons, for yeah. belief system yeah. reasons, yeah. for cultural reasons. I have These are the same people. I respect your opinion, all of you. These are the same people who you've been yeah. fighting for, who we've been fighting for, the marginalized people. And yeah. do take it to ableism. Because the other thing yeah. about this conversation is this separates the world. You know, we're, I'm, we've been talking pretty much about the United States diving into China a little bit, but when we're talking about these vaccine passports, that like this technology, these apps, guess what? They already exist. They already exist. They've already got the graphics. They have the graphics before this pandemic. They were going to try to fit it into, so you know, if if they had had to fit it into social unrest and and terrorism and domestic terrorism, you know, before the pandemic, surprise. That might have been the route that that some sort of ID card was taken. Mm -hmm. There is a form of an ID card in the version of an app, in the flavor mm -hmm. of the government connected to something yeah. else. And the reason being is to collect information, keep an eye on where you're going. And, you know, the other weird thing and that happened is how money went away. Mm -hmm. You don't get to use cash anymore. You don't. Yeah. I used to have a thriving never cash that. business um, in addition yeah. to my other business, but also you can't do that anymore. At the beginning of the <laughs> pandemic, when surveillance was brought up, I had a reaction like, um, I, I don't know where I got this from one of the big documentaries or the 25 page articles I've been reading, but China has developed their surveillance systems to such an extent that they are selling them to Ecuador and other countries as um, an exported product. And we have to compete with that or China's um, surveillance systems will win out, and and we believe that their systems are more um, invasive of 
civil human rights oh, well, than ours. But here's another apparently. But here's my favorite one of yet. Um, <laughs> it's a cold war of surveillance. Right, but but <laughs> this is something that that um, Russell Brand pointed out um, just in his little PSA. Like, thanks to the for posting that. Yeah, but Russell Brand said in his um, in his little thing that. <laughs> contact tracing like they couldn't figure out how to do contact tracing just like six months ago yeah so we also have to take into account that the government might be very bad at this that's what they're proving in england and that's what the yeah. documentary on pbs about coded bias is these are systems that were built by primarily white men they've been set up to primarily identify white faces, you, your the little arms hair should be raising up right now because the same um, racist, biased, deconstructive, colonial mindsets have been programmed into the algorithms by us. So these systems of surveillance are going to be applying the same kinds of attitudes, racism onto us, and they're not going to recognize your black face. They're going to, you're going to be any black face. So they're going to make a mistake in identifying you. They're going to say that there's a black person who was suspected of something and they look like you. The computer said that this was you. Oh, it's going to happen to white people too. I mean, it's totally going to happen to white people, but it's going to happen to white people less. But you're going to create a different underclass or a different oppressed class, right? Like, well, no, but it's just—it's not going to be up to you. It's this yeah. like there's going to be five people in a van, and they're going to be scanning the the street of name your city, and it's going to go beep 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 beep, beep and it's going to say that person is like fits and. And they're going to go pull you off and yeah, it's going to take 15 minutes and they're going to find out that it's not you. They're going to look at your ID and you're going to say, oh yeah, you're not Joe, you're Andy and we're sorry. And you know, but maybe they have to take you down to the station to prove and that next. And what if next. they find your weed? And what if they find your weed and oops, what if they find your weed? Yeah. I'm pretty sure that any person of color listening to this is like yawn, yawn, this has been our whole lives. Yeah, but our, the, this will continue in ways that they won't be able to say, oh, well, that was just that person's racism because this is now a machine's racism. Don't trust the government. Don't trust the fucking government.